Hello and welcome to ABW. I've forgotten how we do this because it's been so long since I've hosted a show. Just tried to remember who we were, but right. Tonight I am joined by three wonderful guests. We also have a Danny in the background. I'll start firstly with Carl himself. Carl, how are you? I am a very, very tired man. Very, very tired. Apart from that, I'm all good. How are you, Josh? I'm not too bad. A little flustered, as anybody could tell. Trying to do one of these again, because I am very rusty. Like a Nicholas Pepe off the bench. Pretty pointless at the moment. But I should introduce my other guests as well, because I remember how to do that. Because I've tried with one, so I can continue with the rest. Let's go to Femi next, because he's underneath me. Hey, Femi. Yeah, all good, all good. Ready to ready to get on with the new season, so yeah. And last, but by no means least, it is our friend in, I'm going to say this, I mean, it might annoy him, it might not, because I've never tried this with Corey, but in Canada. Corey, how's it going? That's good, thanks. Good to be with you. Nice, nice yeah. to be in the new season. Get it started. Yeah, absolutely. And at least we've started it with a win. And we've got our Arsenal back, as everybody has said, against Fulham away. I think that's now going to be whenever we need to make a new new big thing about things. We'll just do Fulham away. We'll change our way. But let's get cracking with that game as well. Cole, what were your thoughts going into the game? And what did you think of the result as well? I, I had no reservations about this game. It was weirdly um, satisfying being optimistic going into a game knowing that uh, even though we're playing away, that I knew we were going to win. I just had you just have a feeling. I mean, if you're going to start a, a, seize, a, a, game, a league away to a team, you want to be against uh, a promoted club. And, you know, it's um, you couldn't ask for a better start. You know, you had two of um, one of our debutants scoring, Another one of our deputants assisting two games, two goals. Sorry, you have uh, our captain scoring. You know, it, it's a game that it, it was pretty textbook as well. Fulham never really gave us any trouble. Um, if you can score three goals away from home, you, you, you're quite comfortable, and you couldn't ask for a, a better result. I think this was the absolute perfect first game that we could have asked for. No, nothing better, you know, scoring three goals, keeping a clean sheet. Um, away from home as well, it boosts confidence. And it's not just because it's only Fulham. That doesn't make sense. It, it's nonsense. At the end of the day, Fulham are a Premier League team. Whether they're you know, going to be relegated at, at the end of the season or whoever, at the end of the day, a win is a win. You've got to beat the 19 other teams in the league. Um, and we're on our way. We've beaten one and we've just got 18 more to go. For me... Like I said, it was a very, very textbook result. It was brilliant, and I couldn't ask for any more. Yeah, I think I agree with most of those things there, especially the point that it was two assists. None of this fantasy football bullshit. That is not three assists. Even whatever Martin Keown says about Willian's vision, he was not trying to pick out uh, Lacazette at the back post when he took on that shot. Uh, Femi, we saw Gabriel come in and make his debut, I think, most of us on the panel tonight probably have seen a handful of games from him beforehand. What did you make of him and his performance? A handful. I'd never seen him. I mean, I relied on Chris and YouTube and uh, Chris's shows. Uh, Chris had a good show with uh, the French journalist, actually, didn't he? Um, that 
did some information. But I mean, personally, a lot of the signings that we were linked with, I'd never, never, I mean, you've probably seen them, but they've never stood out to you. So um, coming in and making his debut, I mean, the circumstances is is a bit crazy, isn't he? He hasn't played for six months. He hadn't played a preseason game. He'd been in training for, what, three, four days? So when you look at that, that's really crazy, isn't it? Like, if a player hasn't played for six months, you'd probably expect them to go into, what, a a 23 game? Like Callum Chambers, for example, we wouldn't expect him to be slung straight in. So he's he's gone six months, no games, new country, new league. Um, The defensive leader's not there. And he just, you know, rocks up. I bet the majority of people didn't thought Saliba would start hand on heart. They thought, okay, Saliba's been at you know training for a while. He's played a few games, but yeah, Gabriel came in and uh, yeah, the rest is history, as they say. Uh, rocky, a very rocky start, <laughs> which was a uh, <laughs> it could have been a career defining first five minutes, but um, he he obviously that shows a lot of mental toughness as well to make a big mistake, a big error, and you know, come back from it as if nothing ever happened, to be honest. Yeah, and uh, Corey, what did you think about Gabriel's debut? And do you want to go on to our other debutant as well and talk uh, a bit more in depth about Willian and his performance? Yeah, I, I was impressed with Gabriel, uh, as everyone was, uh, and, and aside from the, just the scary moment, which I'm not even sure it was completely his fault. Just miscommunic- miscommunication can be understandable, right? But... Uh, Wow, that would have been scary if that had been a goal, eh? But they they did brilliant. Um, Willian, Willian, he he was like uh, I was I wasn't actually into that signing at all. It wasn't something I really thought was a good idea. But watching him play that game, he was kind of that character we needed. Where it was like his first game, and he's just pulling off these passes and doing these things like as if like as if he'd been there. For a while, you know, he, he just seemed to slot in so nicely. Did you guys find the same? Or, I mean, the, the way, for instance, the, the way he was able to send that ball over and link up with Obama, uh, Obama, a few times. Uh, it was it was as if he'd been doing it for months and months on end. Meanwhile, he's just probably been uh, for a few training sessions with him. But we need we needed that experience, right? So. A nice veteran. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree with you. I was not in on the uh, Willian signing either. Uh, I thought he might be a little bit past him. It was really interesting to see how he integrated so well into the team and what he gave us over, say, a Nicolas Pepe as well. Uh, I don't know if anybody else thinks on the panel about how we might see William and Nicolas Pepe interchange because I'm not necessarily sure we'll see them both play together. But. Yeah, I think um, he gave us like something different, didn't he? Because he, yeah. he could go in inside and outside, couldn't he? So he, Pepe, as soon as he gets the ball, you know, kind of, um, it's not a bad thing, but you kind of know what he's going to do. He's all left foot. He's always going to drive for the inside. Um, William, on the other hand, he goes in and out. His positioning is was so interchangeable with so many different players, and what that did was it freed up Bellerin to make a lot of runs, knowing that he's always going to get the ball because William drags the defender in and then just give it to Jacko. He just pings it out to Bellerin. It's, it's a really neat, you know, new dimension to the tactics that he gave us as well. 
did did you notice as well how he he was playing in that kind of just off the striker he he kept kind of blending in and where where Pepe cuts in for a shot Willie Ann was kind of coming in and settling in kind of almost you know how Lexa always comes so far back to make the play to kind of start the play at the halfway line it, it, William was kind of cutting in behind him kind of taking up that work role for him once in a while so like I said was able to stay further forward it's it's kind of what led him into the position where he was you know the, the ball lands at his feet for the first goal uh, when it bounces off the keeper and goes to Lacazette and knocks it in it's, it's because he was kind of hovering around in this area all the time so I noticed that yeah, Carl, what did you reckon to... Well, let's talk about Aubameyang as well, the main guy on there. Got the third goal for us. Talk us through that kind of whole build-up to it because I think at that point we really had Fulham on the ropes. And yeah. Oh, yeah, we were cruising at that point. We literally... Um, it was almost kind of like we're just going to see how we play. Like, uh, you know, we just... Uh, um, people pass the ball and they don't really... They're kind of thinking there's no going to be no end products. It's kind of like the, if there was a crowd in the ground, it'll be Ole time. The the, the build up was absolutely brilliant. You know, we've seen it. I think we've gone from Wenger Ball to last year we had Emery Ball against Fulham, ironically, and now Arteta Ball. I think you know you can tell what Arteta's trying to do with the with the squad. He wants them playing out from the back. He wants them keeping the ball. He he's drilling that into them to don't just hoof it up the pitch, keep hold of the ball. And we're doing that brilliantly. And I think Aubameyang, you know, once he gets the ball in that position, you know what he's going to do. He's going to put that ball in the top corner and it's it's down to the goalkeeper to do his best to try and save it. Not every goalkeeper is going to. And as long as he gets it on target, Aubameyang is that deadly sort of finisher where it's going to go on target. And nine times out of 10, they're going to back Aubameyang to score. I mean, I know I definitely would. And I'm just happy that, you know, I think we'll get onto it later that he's going to stay. And, um, you know, there's only going to be better things for him to come. I I don't envisage him doing the Ozil, um, signing his contract, then having a sharp decline. I, I truly think that, you know, he wants to win thing and he's, uh, you know, he's, he's definitely at his peak now. I can't, He's 31 years old, so it's not like he's going to get better. We've got to be real with ourselves. But if he carries on playing like he is now, then uh, there's going to be only good things to come for Arsenal. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, as you kind of say, it was kind of a routine win for for Arsenal in the end. Should we go on to West Ham as well? Do a little preview for that game as well. They lost 2-0 at home on uh, first game of the season against Newcastle. Uh, I don't know if anybody watched or saw that game. I did. I watched it and I, and I, I knew, knew... I mean, obviously, with Newcastle, um, Callum Wilson is a very good player. Let's, let's be honest. I think he's a very good player. And he caused Newcastle um, West Ham problems. And when you've got someone like Andy Carroll in the squad, uh, he's going to cause them problems. So West Ham didn't know how to deal with him, even though they had him for how long so you'd think they'd have some sort of idea um West Ham for me are one of the teams who I've got to be relegated I think they've escaped so many times by the skin of their teams over the past couple seasons I think this may be their time um David Moyes uh, as good as he was at Everton 
he should never have left Everton. He's on the decline now. I think um, the players that they've got, they don't have any standout players apart from um, my boy up front. I forgot his name now. Um, Antonio. Hmm? Like Antonio, Antonio, yeah, Antonio. Um, apart from him, what I about can't Jacqueline see. Rice? Jacqueline Rice. He is one of these people who, because he's in a, a very bad squad, it makes him look like he's good and he's not. Like he's you saw, I don't know if you saw the England game. I mean, I know England are shit anyway, but he was out of his depth in uh, in the England game. I thought that. You know, you could tell that he doesn't have the quality, but when you play in a team like West Ham, you string two or three passes together, people start thinking that you're flipping messy. So um, I would say that I don't hold, again, any reservations that we shouldn't beat West Ham at home. Like I'm sure that we should definitely, uh, if they come to our home ground, it should be another routine, comfortable win. Um, I don't see any threat from them. I know we've been linked with, um, is it Lanzini we've been linked with? We were no, linked with Anderson, uh, Felipe Anderson. Sorry, Felipe Anderson. Um, yeah. Uh, obviously, Arteta must see something in him that no one else does because I definitely don't think he fits into this Arsenal squad anyway. But I, I just think that a team against West Ham and how they're playing at the moment, you know, their heads are going to be down against because they just lost their first game at home. Our heads are going to be definitely looking up because we're very buoyant. One, our captain signed a new contract. Two, we've won our first game in the season. So things are only looking up. So I would be very, very surprised if we didn't win this game against West Ham. Yeah, they were, they were embarrassed by, New, by Newcastle. That was that was a poor game. I think it's a, it's a really good test, though, when you think about it, because it's uh, like someone's, I think, formula uh, formerly Noza in the chat is saying it's a part of the boss type game and this is our first test at that type of team this is a lot of what we had issues with last season which is teams as part of the bus can are we good enough to open them up and i think one of the things that you saw that was different on saturday from us is runners now so now we're getting more runners into the box so now with the build-up play being so good we can afford to control the game and get runners I mean, look at the goal that we scored. The furthest three players forward were Tierney, Maitland-Niles, and Bellerin. You know, if you if you're getting more runners, it just it just it will cause teams problems. So this is a, a chance for us to really go, you know, and and test ourselves. You know, that that Villa game at the end of last season kind of sticks in your mind, doesn't it? Where we just didn't create anything. So now we're going to have a team with a low block. What can we do? This is a good test and a good opportunity to uh, gain some confidence before a string of hard games, really. I mean, yeah. if you're looking at the what squad would go with, you're going to look at people who can run, aren't you? So I'd be tempted to have um, maybe a Nelson on the bench or, you know, someone who... Or even a Saka, Saka who just you just tell him keep running, keep running, keep running because that kid he's eighteen years old, he can run for days. Um, yeah, you're right. They're going to, they're going to come apart the bus, and uh, I would be tempted not to play Lacazette because I don't think Lacazette suits this sort of game. Lacazette comes deep, um, and if they're going to sit deep, you're going to. I would be tempted to put Aubameyang up front, Saka wide, and you know they're going to be focused on Aubameyang because they're going to know that Aubameyang is the main goal threat, rightly so. But if you've got someone like Saka bombing down the wing and um, I wouldn't play Pepe again, I'd play Willian 
and then maybe you know after 60 minutes when the players are tired bring Pepe on and just tell him to run so I think that's a sort of game plan that we've got to adopt so I thought it was interesting that you wouldn't play Pepe I thought perhaps we might see this I know I'm going off purely one game and one game hardly <laughs> defines an entire season or plan but perhaps we see William play in the kind of away games and Pepe does the home games just because of the amount of running you see you see a few managers kind of switch up how they play home and away some are more defensive and I think William is a bit more or can give more defensive uh, attributes to to the team compared to Pepe I don't know if anyone else kind of thinks that we might see Pepe play the home games or do you think Willian is almost undroppable uh, based on his performance? I don't think anybody's undroppable, but I do think that you Pepe will play, but maybe because of fitness as well. I think he's definitely going to come into the squad. I just think that my opinion, I'd play Willian. I mean, Pepe, like you said, for days, he will just run. But like Femi said, you know what you're going to get with Pepe. He's going to get the ball and always look to come in on his left foot. Um, I just feel that the better option is William because, like you said, he can go left foot, right foot, come inside, go outside. With Pepe, he's always going to look to come inside. I mean, not that we're a team that constantly floats, crosses into the box. It's not what we do. However, um, Yeah, and I would say once West Ham get tired, you know, the 50th, 60th mark, because let's face it, no team is still 100% fit. Not not at all. And I'm not saying that um, West Ham are, you know, not got their fitness levels as well where Arsenal's is, but, you know, if if you've been battered by William, like, for the 60th minute, and then you see someone like Pepe coming onto the pitch, you actually just think, I'm just going to give up because you just know how tired or how he's going to make you because he's just going to run at you and he's going to make you have to switch, make you come inside, make you go outside. That's what he's going to do. So that's what personally I would do. You're right, Carl. You you know what? One thing is Arteta, since he's been here, he doesn't make wholesale changes for matches. So I would probably bet you that there's only going to be one change. And I think someone mentioned it in the chat. I think Sabayos will come in for El Nene. I don't think he'll make any other changes. I think he always likes to stick with a winning team just from the formula that he's gone with so far. And I know someone keeps, uh, I think, for, formerly Noza keeps putting Urzu in the chat, mate. You've got no chance of seeing him <laughs> anywhere near the team, <laughs> let alone on the bench. So I think that's that's good dreaming. <laughs> that's a good shout. Sabios was fantastic when he came on in, uh, in, the, uh, in that game. Uh, against yeah. who the hell did we play? Fulham. Fulham. No, thank you. <laughs> hey, did anyone else? Did anyone else notice Scott Parker ripping his face apart after the third goal? <laughs> he started like doing something to his cheek, and it ended up all rashing up. He's like some nervous itch. It was quite, it was quite something. Quite something. I thought someone hit him because he came out yeah. at half time and he had this uh, red thing on his face. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was thinking that too. Yeah, that's funny. He's going to look like Terminator, you know, halfway through his face burning <laughs> off, like through the rest of the season, the way Fulham are playing, and if they continue at that rate, he did. He's not going to survive more than six games, to be honest. <laughs> no, hey, Josh, Josh, do you remember? You know, the year we signed Arteta. Mm. Do you remember? Was were we not at that same time? Were we not linked with Scott Parker? 
Oh, Scott one. Parker would have been at Spurs, wouldn't he, at the time? I believe, I believe it. Well, yeah. no. Did he been at Spurs? No, no, because then that would never really have made any sense. He went I Charlton. thought it was at West Ham. He went oh. Charlton and then he went to Chelsea. And then from there, he went to Spurs. Then he went to West Ham. It was West Ham. That was the move mm. from West Ham to Bums. And, and the thing is, and I was wondering, because it would be funny if he lost out on the move to Arsenal to Arteta, and then Arteta becomes the manager, he becomes the manager, and he loses against... It would just be kind of <laughs> fun. No, it would be... Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember back to who we were and were linked with. But to be honest, we've been linked with so many people. Of course, we probably were linked with Scott Parker at some point. They, they, for that. They, must, they must both be hmm. the two youngest managers in the league, no? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. almost say with... Uh, yeah, it depends on how old Fat Frank is. I think no, it's between him and Scott Parker. Frank. Yeah, it's whether or not Scott Parker is. is. But, gotcha. Gotcha. but yeah, just between those guys, uh, yeah. Um, I think, to be honest, we could have done with a player like Scott Parker at the time as well, but we got uh, we got Arteta in and, you know, the rest was history, mm. uh, as they say. But let's go through, I think, interesting, you said about Sabayos coming straight in. How did we feel about Nani's performance, to be honest? Because I thought he has looked a completely different player to the one that got almost denilsonified by Arsene Wenger. Do we recognise that it was his it was his like prairie long pass that, that led to the first goal? No, he, talk us through it, yeah. Well, do you remember he he uh, he just lobbed like a little bit of a Hail Mary and it would look like it was going to roll out. And a lot of people, I believe, on the field in the Fulham defense kind of relaxed because they didn't think Obama Young was going to make the effort to get to the ball, which he did. He then turns, he passes it into the channel where Xhaka tries to one-time it. He scuffs it. It bounces kind of in and around and lands it. Belian's feet, remember, who takes a shot, bounces off the goalie's uh, hands, and of course we know Lacazette pounds it in like the predatory striker that he is. Yeah, so that was my running commentary for that goal. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, because I think to be honest, he's looked a lot, a lot better player. I don't know if whether or not we ease the bios in more, or do we all? Is the general consensus that he just basically starts next game? He is first choice. I, I mean, he looks tired. He's he's um strong, tall, physical. He, I mean, it, it's so weird because that is a gaping Genduzi hole, isn't it? Genduzi should uh, be able to do what El Nene is doing, but he just he just lacks the maturity. Probably he's got all the ability, That's more probably than yeah, he's he's got more ability than um El Nene, but he just lacks maturity. Like everything El Nene is doing Gendouzi can do he, sh- he should be strong enough but he hasn't adapted to the physicality he should be able to give it simple and move and you know you, you see it in, in you know a couple of games but everything Elneny is doing is what we expect from Gendouzi but he just has more ability and I, I really hope that something just clicks with Gendouzi that I, I can start in this team you know but I, I mean I would still expect um Sabios to come in for the home game, you know, where we need we need him probably. Yeah, Carl, any thoughts on that as well? 
Um, I'm two things. I'm not a Gwendozi fan because he <laughs> offered absolutely nothing last season. No goals, no assists. Like, what did he actually do in the squad? In respect of what he's. The, the attitude side and the attitude is bad and he needs to, you know, he, yes, he's a 19, 20 year old child um, and he needs to learn better. Um, but he, did, I think as, on football terms, he didn't really offer nothing, you know, a few bursting runs and everyone got hyped. I'm like, Oh my God, he's the best thing since last spread, but he can't defend. He can't start an attack. Can't tackle. You know, what he can do is buddy throw himself on the floor. Like, so I'm not a Gwen. So if we was to lose Gwen Doozy, I personally wouldn't be un- too happy. Uh, sorry, too unhappy. But then, <laughs> but then on any, you can say all those things about as well. The only thing is he's got the physicality, but that maybe that's, that's probably maybe comes that's... with maturity, I think. Yeah. And I think if El Nene was to stay, I think he knows he's not going to be a starter. I think our starting midfield at present, is going to be uh, Sabayos and uh, Xhaka. And the thing with El Nene is if Xhaka, when Xhaka does get his five yellow cards for the season and he has to miss a game, uh, El Nene can play that role. And then you're going to have Sabayos with, hopefully, Awa, but we'll talk about it later, um, playing together. So... um, I think you need every team needs that versatile player in the squad. Gwenduzi is not good enough to play the Xhaka or Sobios role, personally. But someone like El Nene can come in and play the Xhaka role or play the um, Sobios role. Maybe not as good as Sobios because Sobios is that uh, typical number eight who you want to burst into the box. But I just don't think. Um, Gwenduzi has got maybe he has got the skill factor but maybe he doesn't know how to execute it and I'm, I'm not saying you should write him off because with time but I wouldn't personally, I, I wouldn't waste time learning him out I think he, he's here now and he should be almost ready enough learning him out for me is just redundant, I think it's absolutely redundant personally I think we should if, if he's not going to buckle down and actually think okay you know what I'm going to try my best. And obviously Arteta has seen, you know, he said that everyone has reset to zero. Whether he says that in front of the cameras or behind closed doors is actually different, who knows? Um, but if that's true and he, he says that everyone has reset to zero and what happened last season was last season, then we shall see about it. But I personally think that uh, he's burnt his bridges with... Uh, Arteta and I think if we can find a suitable buyer I do think that Gwen Doozy will be leaving uh, Arsenal Football Club Yeah I, can I'd I, agree on that can Sorry, I just, can I, I just want to add uh, the, the other thing that goes in El Nenny's favour is he, he might be uh, happy to be in the role of being that backup player which is a hard thing to find he, he would be happy, I believe, as a rotation player, you know, as someone who just comes on and does his job. Whereas with a Genduzi, you're going to have to try and please that type of character. So, Yeah, if El Nene was any better, he wouldn't be at Arsenal. Let's put it that way, because right. we wouldn't be able to give him the game time. Unless he was better mm. than someone else, of course. Uh, but I think, as you say, he is a squad player. I think the problem with Genduzi is he doesn't know what kind of midfielder he wants to be yet. Because as you say, he's got all the skills. He could happily 
you know, spend the rest of his life shuttling in front of a back four, cleaning up spills and laying it off nice and easy. Or he could be a more mercurial midfielder like a Pogba or a Milinkovic-Savic, someone who's kind of bursting through the midfield with the ball, dribbling with it, passing it off. He doesn't know what he wants to do yet. And we've got such a big project going on. I don't think we've got the resources or time to put it into Project Gwendozi, especially when it turns out he's a bit of a twat as well, uh, which, <laughs> you know, it's going to take a bit longer that if the guy doesn't want to listen, that's a lot harder to teach him. And so, yeah, uh, I could happily, as someone said in the chat, there's like another Rabio is a perfect example, you know, could be the best player he wants. If he just wants to, he just needs to nail down a role and just be satisfied about it. But, you know, you get people in life that aren't necessarily satisfied or want to settle down and he'll get the career he wants, but uh, it won't necessarily the best, be the best career he could have for us. But let's move on from kind of West Ham preview. Uh, I think we'll all agree. Should we quickly do a run of scores and of predictions? Carl, prediction? 3-0. Three, three nil. Two Arsenal, oh. we're assuming. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If we lose 3-0, then we definitely have got our Arsenal back, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Corey? Yeah, I'm going to go 2-0. Cool. And two Femi? Oh, I was going to go 2-0. I'll go 3-1. 3-1. Oh, we ain't conceding, no. Oh, um, that's it. You've done it now, Carl. No, Antonio. <laughs> Antonio or Haller's not scoring. Now just slate Declan Rice. What's Declan Rice score a screener, innit? Yeah. Yeah. He scored against yeah, us, didn't he? Yeah, that 1-0 game. That was one of Arsene Wenger's last games. That was horrible. Oh, uh, that was the last <laughs> that was the last career he made, wasn't it, before he left his Declan Reisters. <laughs> but uh to us, I'm closer with Phil McElroy. He's gone with the six nil. And I think we might put a few past West Ham. I think we could could oh, go. Hey, who's their goalie? Is that Fabianski, isn't it? It will be Fabianski. Um Agent not, Fabianski. He'll have, Fabianski. Game, he'll have a game of his life. You're right. Well, game of a life for us, I hope. And well, he's just spending time getting the ball out of the back of the net for us. We gave him an FA Cup, um, so, you know. Exactly. Well, whilst we're on the subject of uh, goalkeepers and ex-goalkeepers for Arsenal as well, I, I had said in our little running order we'd speak about Bamiang, but it seems pertinent that we'll talk about Emmy Martinez, who has left us after 11 years to go to uh, Aston Villa. And I think before I let the rest of the panel speak to him about him. I will say a big thank you to Neil Mope for getting his fee at least 10 times higher by injuring Leno earlier in the season because there was no way we'd got 20 million for him beforehand. But who wants to come in first on Martinez? You know, I think Danny might be scurrying away in the background trying to find all the appearances. And But I got a feeling his debut was the 7-5 against Reading oh against Reading I remember that game uh, I do remember that game flipping out it's a good game um, yeah listen uh, he's been a brilliant servant to the club you know he's been there for 10 years and he's not kicked off once that we know of um, for someone to be at a club for 10 years and not be a starter at all and play if you're at a club for 10 years or 11 years and play less than 100 games then you know you have a very, very good. Uh, oh, sorry, you have a very, very shit at what you do, or 
um, you're happy in the role. Um, he he came in at a time when we really needed him, like, and we really needed him. Um, Leno was uh, the player of the season last year because uh, he saved us loads. And when we lost him against Brighton, I'll be very honest with you uh, guys, I had low hopes. I literally, it was almost like losing a Bamiyang. That's how I felt. I felt Leno was so important. It was like losing a Bamiyang. And he definitely shocked me. And I, I thought, I didn't know some of the saves that he made. I, I was literally thinking, oh, wow, he's actually really, really good. And, you know, he consistently performed, consistently performed. In the games that he played, I can't think of a bad game he's had. You know, you can, you can, some goalkeepers can have bad games. You can say, like, we can think of Peter Cech and you can think of so many bad games that Peter Cech had for us. In the time that um, Martinez played for us, or Martinez, however you want to pronounce it, he never had a bad game. And I think that it is absolutely testament, you know, as someone grabbing their chance. He came in, he took his chance, he played well. And do you know what? Rightly so. He wants to be um, a number one goalkeeper. He's shown his talent. So why not? He, You know, the World Cup is coming up next year. No, not next year, um, in two years. He wants to be Argentina's number... No, yeah, in two years, because it's going to be 2022, isn't it? I forgot where he was. Um, he wants to be um, Argentina's number one goalkeeper. He's got a very good chance at that. You know, he's going to be tested uh, week in, week out against Aston Villa, because Aston Villa are going to be a sort of team who, you know, teams are going to get at them, and he's going to showcase their talent. Um, I have no hard feelings against him leaving the guy... You know, he's done it the right way. He's not kicked off. He's not thrown a, a wobbly and said he's injured and he's not playing. He's not gone to the newspapers. He's just, you know, he's quietly gone to Arteta and said, look, I want to play games. Um, am I going to be the number one next season? Arteta's probably said no. Leno is going to be a number one. Cool. Can I leave? Um, he's got us 20 million for his services. And, you know, I genuinely wish him well in every single game he plays apart from two. Um, barring that, you know, thank you very much, and you know, we'll see you when we play you. I was gonna say, is this the best <laughs> sale Arsenal have ever made as well in terms of Martinez? 20 million pounds for your reserve goalkeeper. I can't think of anybody else that has managed to sell their second choice goalkeeper for that kind of figure. Nah, I mean, Anelka was a good sale when we bought it for 500,000 and sold him for 21 <laughs> to Real Madrid, but um. Barring that, yeah, 20 million for your reserve goalkeeper who only played. How many games did he play for us when Indiana got injured? 30, what, 11? Well, yeah, it was 38 in total. And he played like 11 or 12 mm. uh, games for us. So, yeah, like I said, I wish him well. You know, he's a very good goalkeeper. And I think we were talking last night in the WhatsApp group. Um, you know, who's going to end up at a flipping uh, Chelsea or a very big club? Um, when either Aston Villa get relegated or another club really come in for him, and someone said that there wasn't um, a sell-on clause in his in the sale, I really hope that is wrong, and there is because he is a hundred percent going to end up at a different club when Aston Villa get relegated back to uh, the Championship, and, and a club is going to come in for him. So yeah. Like I said, uh, I wish him well. Like I said, apart from the two games that we played him in. Um, and I think he's going to save Aston Villa a lot of points. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, no, that's everything. I echo everything. I mean, 
the, the thing I'll say is that we kind of it's it's weird how football works in roundabouts, isn't it? Because Villa were literally relegated when we played them that day, weren't weren't they? After mm. the FA Cup match against City, so we basically let them beat us. We beat Watford. They stayed up. And then they gave us twenty million for our reserve goalkeeper. Isn't the money that they saved for not going being relegated, <laughs> so they just paid us back that money. Exactly. Yeah, that's funny, isn't it? And um, but in terms of him himself, I did never think he would make it. I remember those League Cup sevens, fives, like no way. That's that's insane. Like five, five all against Liverpool. He let in those goals, you know. You see the, these things, so yeah, it's all, it's all, um, it's it's all sad. But you know, he he did a nice video, didn't he? Yesterday, he did a um, just a weird way to go out. I can't remember a player just like he said going out of the front door, just with everyone's blessing, you know, everyone's well wishes. There's no bad vibes is not I hope he doesn't do I, I, like you're saying I can't remember a player who's left with that kind of feeling for a long time even even someone like a Wolby people still hold some sort of I don't know what it is like some resentment against players like a Wolby even players like Walcott where they just didn't want him to do well when they left They're, it's like they wanted to prove there are, you know, when you, you, you sit there, you think, oh, I, I think that player's rubbish. He's been rubbish for Arsenal for so long that when they leave, you hope that they do ro- badly so that they prove your point right. But with Emmy, it's, it's nothing like that. I can't think of a player that's united the fan base and just go off and do well. Is, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I completely yeah, get what you mean with that. Like the Awobis or the Walcotts are the, I think the vast majority of the fan base didn't like that player anyway. So they were almost happy yeah, to like see a, them leave. Yeah, they like split the fan base a lot of these players, mm. didn't they? Where some people are like, oh, they're so good. Some people are like, oh, they're so bad. So that when players like that leave, people that thought they were so bad want, they just want to, they want them to be bad elsewhere so that it proves their point kind of thing. But with Emmy, he's just like, no, just go off, have a good career and enjoy life, you know, be number one. I hope I hope he stays number one when that Tom Heaton guy gets back because, you know, it's going to have another tough fight in his hands, isn't he, with Villa there? Yeah, I think it's a more accessible uh, like battle for him at number one as well. I guess the other thing that I think we already kind of alluded to him with the big things that I had uh, my doubts around Martinez was whether or not he'd be able to cope with fighting against Bert Leno. I think he sees himself as, you know, that's a close fight between him and Leno. I think everybody in the fan base is a bit like, you know, Leno, Martinez, it was very much, I'd take either one of them. I don't think anybody had strong feelings towards one or the other, other than the fact that Martinez is homegrown. You know, came through our academy, he had that story to back him, but on the field... Yeah, I don't think there was much between them. But Corey, I don't know how you see you know, the, the bit more fight. That, I was, I was yeah. going to say exactly that. I, I was, I feel disappointed that he wasn't willing to to step into that kind of battle. I mean, how long has it been since you've seen a class battle for a first position in a goalkeeper? Uh, you know, as our goalkeeper, like you, you don't get that competition very often so I was kind of disappointed that he wasn't willing to try for that battle which 
could you not say maybe reflects a little bit on his character? Just it's just saying, you know. But then the other side for me is, look, I've had my heart broken so many times. Vieira, uh, Henri, Cesc Fabregas, you know, I could go on and on and on. So I kind of came to this point where I, I tried to remember I'm a fan of the club. I'm not so much fan of the individual players. So as far as he's concerned, thank you for the trophies. Thank you for the cash. Have a fun time at Aston Villa. Life goes on up the arsenal. Yeah, absolutely. I think we'll talk on a more positive uh, thing rather than a player leaving. Let's talk about a player staying as well. It's taken, what, a month? month and a half, I think it was Lacazette said, uh, for him to finally announce. But yeah, three-year contract for Aubameyang to apparently make us make him the highest earning player at Arsenal under certain circumstances. Very weird wording around that uh, from the likes of David Ornstein. But Corey, I'll come straight back to you. Uber, what does he mean to you and how important is this uh, him signing to Ting? Uh, for me, uh, the importance of this signing is 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 so much more about the message that it's uh, that that signing sends not just to our team but to you know all of football to to the Arsenal fans to everybody. We're, we've gone through this misery for years watching players leave because for obvious reasons they saw things were better. Uh, externally so they left and this is finally a player that's chosen uh, to stay and not only has he chosen to stay with no choice from what we've been reading today it's come out that he apparently had a couple of solid um, offers from good quality teams I mean I don't know if the if we can rely on what we're seeing on Twitter but one of those teams was apparently Barcelona so you know if he's willing to turn down teams like that which if you think about what's going on at Barcelona, maybe a clever thing anyway, but uh, it says so much about what's going on at the club. And, it, and I'm, I'm so happy. That's, that's what I am. For once as an Arsenal fan, I'm really happy. Yeah. I, I, does anyone feel slightly like anticlimactic that eventually it's just happened? Because it's taken so long, a lot of the excitement and joy out of it was slightly taken away. Or am I just a cynical old bastard? I've been, watching my, I've been watching my sweets yesterday. I said <laughs> yesterday that I think I think there's just something that's maybe it's just if you stay off social media, these are probably like the most craziest, exciting things you've ever seen. But if you're like on Twitter or social media, it's been everything's been killed. Um, the fun of it, the excitement, it got to the point where you know you see a tweet about Arsenal women and it's like, oh, is Obama Yang sign, sign. Sign this, announce this, announce, and it just gets to the point where you're just like, okay, I get it. It's it's funny at first, but then you get people who are like, oh, I bet if they don't announce it tomorrow, I'm going to cancel my account. Or if this announcement isn't made, and and it's like, just relax and just enjoy <laughs> and breathe. Like, how can you enjoy players if if you're always people already started today? Okay, now it's party. Now it's hour. Now it. I just enjoy football, enjoy the players that you have and relax. It, and, it, you know, someone's, someone made a comparison actually to Sol Campbell when we signed Sol Campbell and it was just like, oh yeah, 
by the way, Hessel Campbell and it's like <laughs> that was imagine, yeah, imagine something like that in this day and age. It just could never happen. I remember when we signed him, I remember I was at college and this is when internet was very new and very slow. And I remember just randomly I went onto the Arsenal website and on the front the, the, the famous picture of him and Arsenal Wenger walking. And I remember I was like, oh my god, and I shouted it out in the like the, the library. And because it was just like it was no one knew, like it wasn't even you know, paper talk. There was no paper talk of like, oh yeah, we're gonna sign Sol Campbell. Like, of course we're not gonna take our biggest rivals captain, like, to come and play for us. And that was done. But I agree with you, Femi. The it was kind of anticlimactic. Uh, and I agree with you, Josh, as well. It was just we knew he was gonna sign, we knew he'd probably signed it for a very long time. And personally, I don't know if you guys will share, I think he was trying to think. I think it was his. Um, it was him holding off announcing it because he wanted that this big, you know. Oh my, am I, I going to sign? I think that's good. You can tell Abamyang is a sort. He's an attention seeker, hundred percent. He's an and a big attention seeker, and he wants you know everyone to. Oh my god, are you going to sign? Please tell us. Blah 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 blah. And I think the club must have got pissed off him like you fucking need to sign because even like the video you know even the video you know putting down the mask putting down the, we fucking know what he's going to do so what's the, what's your problem in it like it's, it's no secret we actually know like but so i think it was more i think it was more abamyang you know he wanted all the attention just to be on him you know the fact that if arsenal go live any other time none of the players are on there so you know that in the dressing room it was said, oh, guys, I'm going live at so-and-so. Please jump on the, our Instagram live and, you know, comment. Like, really? Like, and I, I do think, like, it, it's great that, you know, <laughs> he wants to do stuff like that because, you know, he, though he's 32 years old, he's a big child at heart, you know, all footballers are. Um, but, yeah, I think it's anticlimactic. And I think the fans kind of ruin it as well because every tweet, was like, oh, yeah, is that happening? And like um, you said, now it's all, where's Awar? I mean, he got sent off yesterday and flipping the Twitter world went mad. Like, oh, my God, he got sent off because his head's at Arsenal already. Like, he, he fucking stupid. Like, he, he was a bad challenge. I mean, yeah, he was, he was um, I think he was a bit unlucky to get sent off, but it was a bad challenge. Like, so that, he's got nothing to do with the fact that he was wearing, um, his head is at Arsenal. Like, just that sort of nonsense. And now, that's what it's going to be because I just literally checked my phone a second ago and apparently we've had some accounts just tweeted, oh, we've had, um, we bidded for him. It's kind of like, oh, here we go. Like, what flipping next? So, yeah. Um, next and- is, he's, coming, he's going to be on this flight. This is his oh, car. Please. He's landed. Yeah, seriously. There's going to be people camping out at flipping Gatwick um, or London City just waiting for him to bloody fly over. No, it's just we'll see him on the car park on the um, where is it? Is it the uh, M26 at the moment is now a car park into Kent as he comes over from Dover. Yeah, I'm assuming that's his announcement video as him uh, coming along with a little dinghy. <laughs> yeah, guys, I'm <laughs> on the motorway just waiting. <laughs> <laughs> on the motorway, I'm stuck here. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, but you know, like, but going back to Abramyang, the original point, listen, I'm happy that he's signed. Um, it's good, you know, we've got to keep him. Um, and long may, you know, he's a three year deal. You know, um, I think he probably will retire at Arsenal. Um, you know, I can't see him by the time he leaves us, he'd be 36 or sorry, 35, 36. Yeah, so yeah, um, if we can get 
even two good years out of him. If we can get two good years out of him, get back into the Champions League, uh, win another trophy, he's kind of done his job, hasn't he? He's paid, he's paid uh, his contract off, to be honest. Carl, how, how, old, how old was Berbatov when he, when he was still uh, pumping goals? And what about what, Lewandowski? How old is he right now? Lewandowski's under, he's 30-something, but he's not as old as Uber off the top. No, of I think it's about 30 or 31. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. I think the way Uber plays, um, he can't get up and down that wing um, in a few years. I think this might be his last season playing from the left, and I think probably next season you'll see him in the centre a lot, lot more, do less running because you want him to just put the ball in the back of the net and you're going to have the likes of Saka, Pepe, um, doing the running for him, giving him the ball and him just executing the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But I think think with this formation that we have at the moment, he doesn't have to track back as much because he has got Tierney and um, A's mate Lanals doing a lot of the dirty work behind him. And it seems that Arteta wants him on that left because that's basically the most attacking position in our team. Because even when the, he takes off an Enketia or a Lacazette, I mean, he, he puts, uh, what's his name? Uh, Joe Willock up front. He never mm-hmm. puts Ober up front. You know, I think if they can get it right, the, the centre forward position for Arsenal, they just have to get through so much work that I don't think he would he would want to do that much work because they, they, sometimes you look at Lacazette and he looks absolutely shattered by like 60 minutes just from the amount of running that he has to do. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Maybe when they change to 4-3-3, three, three, it, it might be different, but we'll, we'll see, I guess. Yeah, I think so, we'll definitely change the formation against certain clubs. I know at the moment we are playing five... At the, well, depends how you yeah. look at it. Is it five, two, three, one? Five, two, who, five, two, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so here's a question for everyone as well on Aubameyang. So if he sees out his three years and I think he chooses to retire afterwards at Arsenal, does it make him an Arsenal legend? Uh, or do you think he's an Arsenal legend already? No, he's not, an legend. he's not an Arsenal legend yet. Uh, the word legend gets thrown around way, way, way too much. You know, there is only a handful of people for me who are Arsenal legends. And I, I'll just talk about in my time, Ian Wright is an Arsenal legend. Dennis Burkamp is an Arsenal legend. Thierry Henry is an Arsenal legend. Patrick Vieira is an Arsenal legend. Um, David Seaman is an Arsenal legend. Tony Adams a bit before my time, but yes, he's an Arsenal legend. Barring that, there are other players. People like Cesc Fabregas is not an Arsenal legend. No, he's not. Um, lately, of any other player, are they Arsenal legends? Nah. Um, there's, Like I said, there's a handful of people who can claim the status of Arsenal legend, and there aren't many. Um, Aubameyang, you know, for what he's done, he's only won What's he won? One FA Cup. Yeah, and, he gets, and a charity shield. And a charity shield. Yeah. If he gets close to uh, the goal-scoring record, I, I, he's not going to beat Thierry Henry's goal-scoring record. He's not going to beat Ian Wright's goal-scoring record. No doubt. He's not going to do those. But if he gets up that list, um, maybe top five in Arsenal's all-time goal-scorers, 
then yeah, you're gonna look at him as an Oswald I think that's what he needs to do. If he wins the league. Yeah, if he wins the league or we win the European trophy, then yeah, he becomes an Arsenal legend. Yeah. But barring right. that, for one FA Cup, it depending on what we win in the next two to three years, we'll decipher whether he's an Arsenal legend or not. Cool. Right, I think there's a bit of a debate I've sparked in the chat box now on who is a legend and who <laughs> isn't a legend. Uh, Saying that though, no. yeah, yeah, go Sorry. for it. I was only going to say that the uh, the three people in Twitch are probably having a discussion as well, but I'm not looking at <laughs> that chat box at the moment. No, just 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 on Arsenal legends. I think if anyone hasn't seen the the little interview with Wrighty and Over yesterday, make sure you watch that. Because that is so. That's one of the best, most sincere interviews I've seen from a, from a player and an Arsenal legend. Just chatting, talking, telling the truth, and oh, I think that's that was the best part of the reveal day. That that little interview with Ian Wright because he gave away so many insights into what's going on at the club, how Arteta's you know wants to shape the team. He he was literally saying. He stayed because of Arteta. He was literally saying Arteta has a plan and he showed him the plan, you know, and I just found that so insightful. So if anyone hasn't seen that, Where definitely. Was Where was it? On YouTube? It's on the, no, no. It's, yeah, it is on the YouTube, actually. Ian Wright, it's on the Arsenal YouTube. Right. Um, you can catch it on it. It's really, really insightful. Um, and I think that was that was probably the best thing about that reveal yesterday is that interview. And obviously you got Ian Wright is just happy and, you know, oh, you're a legend. I love you, man. And all that. It was just great. It was just, just nice to see. Right yeah. So I think that covers us all on Uber. I think I just want to move over to listeners questions before I hand over to Carl to go through the listeners questions. We need to do a bit of an announcement to all of you freeloading scumbag where we sent a tweet out and uh, didn't get a single reply with a question before we started the show at 8 o'clock. I know we only sent it out at 4, but come on, that's when most of you Americans wake up and that's when, uh, you know, everyone else is just getting home. You know, 4 o'clock, or you're working from home. Are you really working when you're working from home? You're checking Twitter. I know what you're all like. You've got, you know, you're busy there typing down. Yeah, uh, announce our announce party that's all you're doing in the rest of the time just come up with a question for us but yeah sorry carl there you go it's better than an ad for um how to trim your balls anyway (laughs) what websites do you need to be on to get an advert like that pop up uh just any podcast at the moment um will recommend you some kind of ball trimming device not trimming your balls but trimming the hair around your balls not you know right. this isn't DIY um not DIY circumcision or castration. I <laughs> 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 don't even know what to say. <laughs> just answer the that questions. Answer. You just gotta do the questions, oh, Carl. Anyway, yeah, I've handed it to you. Let's, <laughs> right, let's move on. Uh, the first question is from Archangel, and he says, Why are we signing Runnison? He's too small for a goalkeeper, not homegrown. Cost money, surely Macy is not that bad. Femi, what do you think to that question? Oh, man, you went to me with this. <laughs> I mean, I tried to watch YouTube highlights of, of this uh, keeper. Um, uh, it's, it's complicated, isn't it? Because I still think, personally, that we're going to sign... Dev- is it David Rea? David Rea? 
I still think Arsenal are going to sign him. I think this is the third choice keeper type of signing because if you saw the Matt Macy interview on the beginning of last week, I think he literally said that he has an agreement with Arsenal that he can leave. Um, and he says he wants to go and play as well. He He's not young, Matt, um, Matt Macy. He's 26. He, mm. you, you know, you'd probably think he's a young player. He's 26. And um, he said he has an agreement to leave Arsenal. I think they're going to get David Rea as the backup keeper. And this is probably a third choice keeper. But the problem you've got is Arsenal have so many keepers in the unders. It's just so weird. It's a weird situation where all the unders have like three keepers at each age group. Um, some of them are like quite experienced. I mean, we had one at 18 who made his international debut last week uh, for the country that Mark Poon played for. I forgot what they're Estonia. called. Estonia. Estonia. There you go. Estonia. And um, you've got uh, the young, uh, you know, Iliev and, and, and players like that. So unless they don't believe in these players, then, you know, I can't, I don't know. You probably did the judgment of the goalkeeping coach who has worked with uh, this, this Icelandic keeper is probably what they're, they're going on, you know, so I don't know about his height. I don't know if he's short, but he seems to be really good with his feet, which is something that a lot of teams do look for. Now I think shot stopping is is a standard for most keepers now, unless you're Kepa, I guess. But <laughs> you know, they probably look at what you do with your feet. And is he, if he's got potential, you know, he's, he's a backup. He's not going to play more than more than ten games maximum in a season, maximum. But if he's a backup. Do you think that Matt Macy now is the number two unless we get the guy from Brentford where, you know, we've had how many bids turned down? Uh, Brentford obviously want a certain price, whether we're willing to pay that certain price because everyone's for sale at a certain price. Everyone is. Um, It's just that we just haven't hit that magic number for Brentford to say, okay, yes, we'll sell him. I don't see the point in paying 10 million for a backup goalkeeper. That's basically just 10 million you're, you're keeping. I mean, we're flush now. They... We've got Martinez money. What are you talking about? <laughs> but it just doesn't make sense. I, I, I don't know. Like you, you're better off signing a veteran keeper on a on a free or so on a loan rather throw than Mustafi, paying in another. Mustafi. What's that? Throw, throw Mustafi in that. We got to give him a job. <laughs> Well, maybe Meza Erzo could yeah, retrain yeah. as a goalkeeper. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Uh, next question from Phil Macker, and this is easy to you, Corey. Do you think we'll see William Saliba in the League Cup next week? We are playing uh, yeah. Leicester. Yeah, that's oh, that's soon. I was going to say yes because it's the League Cup, but uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to say yes, even if, even if it is Leicester. Why not? A challenge, a challenge it will be, but it's a cup game. So what the heck? I, I think we should see him. I think, as a matter of fact, we might see for that particular game, we might see quite dramatic changes. I know, I know what you were saying, Femi, about him not making many changes uh, like that. But I think we could see him playing a lot of the uh, younger kids in that. So it would be good for him. You know what? Actually, now now that I'm thinking it. <laughs> And now that I'm thinking it through as I answer the question, if he went in that direction, it might be a really bad idea to put Saliba in. You don't want him to get trashed, do you? Yeah, I, mean, I was gonna, I was gonna say that. I was gonna say, um, 
you don't want to if it was let, you know if it was Leicester away, yeah, it's Leicester might, away. Well, and I, I just look at what they did at Man City. They never really rested players in the League Cup. They always went to win it. Uh, the problem is we've got Liverpool the next game. But, I mean, we've got so many squad players that it's not that much of a quality drop at the moment anyway. So, you know, you see a few players rested. You might see an Aubameyang rested, uh, Saka come in. You know, it's not a massive drop off for a league cup game if the other if the other team is resting players which from looking at the prem teams last night a lot of them didn't rest players so you know we'll see how many match fitness isn't it so yeah you're talking about a match coming in for tne um a goalkeeper change i personally wouldn't have a goalkeeper change because i think because leno missed so many games to the woods the end of last season he needs games so i'd be Tempted to play Leno as well. But yeah, the person you're probably really looking to rest is maybe a Um Pepe may come in. Nelson, Willock will come in. You know, you're looking at maybe uh, Emil Smith-Rowe coming in. He's injured, I think. He's, oh, a shock horror. Um, <laughs> but it leads me on to my question for Josh. And this is from uh, formerly uh, Noza. Um are you concerned about the homegrown quota? I mean, at the moment, I think we do not meet the homegrown quota. So we are definitely going to have to either promote from uh, our under-23s to register players. Are we going to have to get rid of, I think, at least two or three quote-unquote senior players? Um, so how concerned are you about the homegrown quota at the moment, Josh? Not wholly concerned about the homegrown quota we can go with a slightly smaller squad if we don't meet the eight it just means you have fewer players in your squad of 25 we can deal with it with uh under 21s uh i think when i went through this on the pod last week uh i think i had willock and ketia and bowler as counting as homegrown they don't uh, that was a mistake on my part. They count as under 21 because they didn't turn 21. Also, they turned 21 after the 1st of January this year. I thought it was at the beginning of the season. But um, George Bird has updated and clarified on that one to say, yeah, they won't be, they don't count as homegrown. So there's still plenty of players under the age of 21 that will come through and eventually our homegrown quota will naturally fill back up. So next season, I expect it to be quite plentiful. And again, anyone who's under the age of 21 doesn't count towards uh, the squad size of 25. Yeah, the big thing is the thing you mentioned is about non-homegrown. We are still massively bloated in that area where we can only have, uh, quick math, 17 non-homegrown players. And we've got 19 in there at the moment. So, so what, what happens if you if you don't have the right numbers? Is it like a you just five? can't register those no, players? You have to, no, you have to. You can't. Yeah. So it could be, say, you know, I I pick any name because I don't want to pick the big O. Say Lacazette, we don't name him in the squad. Oh, for, I see. We can't play in the Premier League for us. It won't be Lacazette, but again, it could happen to any of those players. 
same so, as in uh, Europe. We have to do the same yeah. in Europe. You have to have a certain amount of players and homegrown as well. Yeah. And um, is it for the whole season, or do you get to do it first? You do it again in January. January. Uh, so January, you can rebring them in. So, like, if you had a Martellini player who was injured, out. yeah, who's that injured? You didn't need to register them. Uh, Martellini's fine because he's nineteen. So, yeah, but it is a case of say, Ozil broke his leg, or even Rob. Uh, yeah, Ozil broke his leg. And uh, wasn't going to come back until April, the earliest. Don't name him until then. Back in January, add him back into the squad. That kind of thing. Barcelona did it with Dembele, um, and which caught them out because he then got fit back again over COVID. But this isn't a hipster's pod. <laughs> this is a... Uh, but yeah, I think there's a few players we need to get rid of. And it doesn't have to be the big O. Um, you know, Kalasnic has been linked with a move away. We have had Torreira linked with a move away. Socrates linked with a move away. All of those three going sorts us out, to be honest. And we can still then bring in uh, an hour or a parte. We then have to find another player, I think, from that to then bring us back into the 17. But it won't be a problem. It's just the fact that we're in this weird flux in the middle of a transfer window where we haven't sold all of our players that we need to sell. We bought in first, which is why our squad looks kind of bloated. And who's the big O? Is that Ox? The Ox? Ozo. Ozo. <laughs> no, not um, Ox. Right, quick question, quick one word answer. Don't do a carpenter on this one. Uh, it's from Matt L. Roberts, and it says, oh, do you think we're still in the honeymoon period with Arteta? So, Josh, are we still in the honeymoon period with Arteta? Yes. Corey? Yeah, guilty. Yeah. Femi? Most definitely, yes. <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, for me, yes as well. I think until we lose to Spurs like 4-1 away, then yeah, he can well, titter out. Uh, for Mayonnaise, uh, Bobcat, and this is to you, Femi, um, do you think uh, Uber will score more goals this season than the previous one? I know he's been trending downwards each year, has he? I don't know that. Uh, with his age, maybe Captain Schick will peak uh, his goal scoring a bit. So, do you expect to see the same level of performance from Abama that we saw last year? Yes. Premier League goals, yeah, 22-23. hit 22 the last two seasons. At 22-23, um, I think he's, he's bang on for that. I think he'll play... He won't play as many cup games, probably is what we'll see to preserve him for the league, which is probably going to be our priority. So, yes, I think he'll, he'll he's, he's super fit. He doesn't get injured, Touchwood. You know, he's a fit guy. He looks after himself. So, yeah, nothing, no change from me from him. Consistent goal scorer. Yeah. Um, I don't think we'll definitely see a downward trend. Yes, he's getting older, of course, and... You know, with that, you know, the body does tend to slow down. But I think if you look at the last two seasons, he had Emre as his manager, which, you know, let's face it, was never any good. And then you had uh, Freddie for a little bit, and then Arteta's come in, and he's flourishing under Arteta. So, you know, long may him continue to do the things that he's doing. So, yeah. yeah uh, I mean, been- I mean... Just, just on that, just I'm not going to take long. Just we don't create a lot of chances. 
to be honest. So he feeds off scraps with with this team. If we were if you if we were creating more chances, you know, he would score he would score even more goals. We, you know, he he's do you think that might change under Arteta or it has it changed under Arteta? Under Emre, I would back you and say 100% I agree with you. But under Arteta, we we have been. I mean, you think during, after the lockdown happened, um, when football restarted, we played Liverpool and I think we played better than Liverpool. I think when we played Man City, uh, listen, Man City are relentless and they're going to batter teams. But, you know, you have to be there. I think the, the goals that we scored weren't scrap chances, weren't like, oh, like we just managed to win. We, it was quite good build-up play. So do you really think on, on the Teta we still lacking creating chances? I think just for, I mean, maybe Joshua might know this, but just from the stats, our chance creation is pretty one of the worst in the league, even since Arteta's come in. Um, I think what what I mean, there was a stat about chance creation. Oba was our best chance creator last season with 26, whereas other teams had players who were getting like 90 chances created for them, which, you know, there's just, I think we're going to create more chances, which will mean our forwards will score more goals. We Yeah, we weren't great last season with creating. That's why we brought Willian in. And you, we've seen how great our midfield or not great our midfield was last season with the amount of creativity that was kind of sapped out of it when, you know, Emery moved on the likes of Mkhitaryan, Iwobi, Ozil again didn't make a, an appearance hugely last season either. It's that we were crying out for creativity. They might not be making great chances or, but at least, you know, we've seen Uber doesn't need to have the ball put on a plate for him to bury a chance. Lacazette doesn't really either. So we just need to kind of have that, you know, I think a second season Pepe is where I've kind of got a lot of my eggs still in that kind of basket that, He'll come good, he'll be better, and we'll see more chances created by the likes of him. And the same with Willian. I think that's why we brought him in. And once Arteta kind of rebuilds our midfield, that, yeah, we, we can score more. And I think Bamiang will score more because we will just be more creative. Doesn't the fact that we had three different goal scorers kind of say something as well in this last game? Against uh, Fulham, we had three different goal scorers. I mean, that's chance creation, isn't it? Yeah, I think the fact that we scored from a corner, that'll do it. <laughs> that's something we haven't done in a long while. Yeah. A long, long while. And yeah, I think something like that is to have a look at. That, Albeit Aubameyang might only say get, and I say only, 30 goals. You know, when was the last time we could say that about an Arsenal striker who... Uh, to be fair, they probably wore 14 on the back of the shirt and were not named Theo Walcott. Um, but yeah, it's just having someone like that, he's probably going to get you 30 goals anyway. It's the other players coming in with scoring. You know, we got, was it two or two goals from our midfield last season in the league? Yeah. That's the problem. That was Aubameyang's, really bad. Aubameyang's not our problem with scoring goals. It's the fact the midfield aren't, you know, Contributing, that contributing towards... anything else exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Then this is uh, not to go dwell on it, but this yeah, kicks into the stack of what Guendouzi is. You know, you'd think that if um, Ozil was playing, 
uh, Woody, you know, you're hoping that he's create create goals and also score some, but obviously whatever's happening with him is happening with him. And if you look at our centre midfielders, you want Sabayas to hopefully score some goals. Xhaka, that's not his game, is it? Xhaka is not... Um... It should be good for, say three to five goals a season you know remember when he first came in and he would just shoot from 40 yards and he'd that would get him a good couple of goals a season he it wasn't on Coutinho good. levels but you know against I remember against Hull uh Man United scored another one uh I think that's the players are going to be playing with more freedom and I think that's where you know our midfield should be contributing a decent proportion of our goals next season or this season and I think that's where we're trying to bring players in that can do that. I think Sabayos, we saw uh, against Sheffield United, he's got it in his locker. He can score decent goals. He's got great technique on him. But if we bring in another player that kind of allows him to either flourish further forward or we bring in a player that Sabayos can help with, like an AWR, who can play further up the field, who can add that contribution for goals again I've said it Nicolas Pepe as well I don't think we saw him at full flight either that's another source of goals uh Reece Nelson again Joe Willock these are all players that should be able to contribute significantly more and I think the system was a big part to play in that as well oh yeah definitely I agree I agree um, and that's one of my final question this is from Ian Wood and this is to both of you um do you really think uh, Reese Nelson and Smith Rowe will get many games this season, or would you prefer them to go on loan if we sell partly or OR? Um, Corey, so if we did sign um, partly and OR, um, I sound like I feel like talking to Chris, don't I? OR. Um, <laughs> uh, do you think that um, Nelson and Smith Rowe will get games? I can't see it. I mean, really, uh, well, we struggle for it even without these players, right? So, um, on the other hand, though, this, we, we seem to have a problem sticking players in into loan programs that are actually productive for them. I mean, do you not find that? A lot of the players that we tend to send out on loan, it's not like they do that much better. Uh, who was the one we, we sent to Germany um, that did rather well? Was that Reese Nelson? It was Reese Nelson. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't want to lose either of those players, though. So it's a, it's a, a puzzle what to do because they're both so gifted and there's such a future for them. And they so, for instance, using the Gunduzi thing where we were saying he's got such a bad attitude that we don't really have the time or energy to, to spend on a Gunduzi project. The Reese Nelson and... Um, um, the other young boy uh, are, are they seem to have such great attitudes they're Arsenal boys they, they're very talented and they, they seem to be worth the time so I, I don't know what I, they, I would suggest loans but only a loan where they're going to play competitive football and then give it one last chance I mean yeah I mean you're hoping that Joe Willock and Reese Nelson and Emil Smith Rowe do get uh, some game time the issue is how much, I mean, Josh, how much game time do you think, yeah, the likes of uh, Willock, Nelson and Smith Rowe are going to get? I think 
the thing on Willock and Smith Rowe depends on what we do in the midfield. I don't think either of them can play in a two. You know, like we've got Sabios, Elneny and Xhaka. Neither of those are in the mould to really play in that position. We've seen Willock, you know, play, play cameo roles uh, for you know, kind of false nine position for Lacazette, as kind of Femi alluded to earlier. So I think for me, if we can get a midfielder and we move to a midfield three, I totally see a place still for uh, Willock in the in the squad. And we'll probably get quite a few appearances for us. Smith Rowe is a kind of a, a question mark. I think on him, if you find the right loan choice in the Premier League, then yeah, happily let him go out there. We've got a lot of progressive managers now. It's not like, oh, we can't send him out to the Premier League because it's a Tony Pulis, it's Alan Pardew, Mark Hughes. You know, there's all these kind of shit, awful Allardyce managers that aren't going to play the same kind of football that is going to appreciate having a player like Smith Rowe in there. And when he was in Huddersfield last season, he played really well. And you could tell that, he was a level above everybody else on the field. But I mean, I, yeah, I'd have him as a Premier League loan. Reese Nelson, quite congested out on that wing. But you know what? There's so many players that he could learn from on that one. And he's in that horrible kind of thing. As you say, he went out to Hoffenheim and he had a, he had five good games in a, big spate and then the Arsenal fans continued and decided to say he had a great loan out of Hoffenheim in realistic terms he was average um, he wasn't superb and then was dropped for part of the season because he had attitude and discipline problems so if he's worked those things out and another loan might be in there but to be honest I'm not really sure where we necessarily see him go. Um, I think perhaps a sale for Nelson rather than a loan would be more beneficial for all of us. It's either stay or get sold. There's no, I don't think a loan is beneficial to him at all. He's, I think he's similar, like the discussions we've had around Oxley Chamberlain or I think holding, you know, in his second season or Chambers. Where you're like, oh, just send him out for an, or even a we send him out on a loan. I think there's no benefit in sending him out on another loan. I think it's sell or, um, yeah, or keep him around it with the squad because we've got so much talent coming through on that side. Again, we can afford to be ruthless. Same with, um, we've said about Enketia. You know, if Enketia doesn't make it, we don't have to cry about it too much because we've got great talent coming through at centre forward. Uh, through the youth academy if this was a young left back or a young right back coming through the academy then yeah we want to hold on to them more often because we haven't got that strength and depth in the youth academy coming through in those positions but i think it's all just so difficult at the moment and we've got bigger issues of trying to get other players out of the door at the moment yeah um femi just one kind of question from me then we'll wrap it up yeah. Um, the Arsenal squad at the moment is very, very bloated. Uh, off the top of your head, or if you want to go to the Arsenal website and see the teams, 
three players that leave between now and the end of the season, who do you think they're going to be? Three, definitely, that leave. Torreira, Socrates, I want to say Kolasinac. That's dependent on wages. But that would be... Mm, Genduzi. I think they'll get. I think they'll get something for Genduzi if they're planning to buy another central midfielder. Then they have to get rid of two. I think so. Torreira, Genduzi, Socrates, definitely. I would also say Kolasinac will be gone as well. All right, Corey. Same question to you. Three players that definitely leave Arsenal between now and the end of the season, and the transfer window. Uh, Torreira, Socrates, because we already know it's done. I think. And Genduzi just because it would be good for him, good for us. And that's me hoping. I don't know if that'll happen. All right. Josh, to you. Uh, yeah, I think it's a full house on all the same names. Uh, Socrates, Kalasinic, and Genduzi. Oh, and Torreira. Sorry. <laughs> so I've gone four. Oh, fuck, I carpentered it. I'm yeah. three. I'm giving you four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I think I'd have the the, the same um, the same four. <laughs> the, yeah, the same the, of the three, the same four. Um, I think those those players are definitely going to go. I think um, honorable honorable shout to Callum Chambers because with rumours coming out that he could be fit in October, could see something possibly happening with him. See, I would when Josh was talking, I was thinking that someone like Fulham should take Smith Rowe. I think that would be brilliant for him because, you know, someone, uh, a team like Fulham, who, let's be very honest, they're going to get battered day in, day out, aren't they? Um, and not to dent his confidence, but he's going to have to work very, very hard uh, to be in that Fulham squad. And um, I think that would blood him in. I mean, you think of someone like West Ham, you think, yeah, but West Ham have got, I guess, wingers, but uh, I, I just I don't think... Yeah, no, Corey, someone like a it's a it's a Brighton, well, a Southampton, a Leeds United. Uh, they've all got progressive managers. Yeah, Even Crystal manager, Palace, right? he, he would but love. Yeah. I think the only problem with Brighton is that they are absolutely stacked in yeah, the right position, so it won't uh, probably right. happen. That's right. the only thing. But right. I think the, the teams that Carl was going to reel off it is that kind of it's the lower mid-table teams that play progressive football. Mm. I definitely agree. All right, Josh, let's do shout outs and then. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll give you all, you know, 30 seconds, maybe 40 seconds, however long it takes me to get my shout out out uh, to think of who you're going to shout out because I'm going to go easy. We're going to go Andrew Fife because it's his birthday today. Bastard. (laughs) Yeah. So I took that from everybody else because that was the easy one. So that's why I wanted to go first because <laughs> I always forget as well. So I was like, oh, who am I going to do? And I was like, oh, it's Fife's birthday today. So we'll go Fife. Happy birthday, Mr. Fife. There was someone else I wanted to shout out as well, but I have forgotten who they were because I was like, oh, well, it's Fife. Oh, it was Mike. Oh, no, you, Josh. Can't have two. Oh, uh, well, Fife's a given. That's more like, uh, that's, that's more like just uh, admin. So yeah, I was going to say to Mike Hertz because he has got, a podcast um it is called uh, i want to say oh no not another arsenal podcast i think it's more succinct than that not another arsenal podcast 
Mm. And yeah, I think that's a, not another Boston podcast as Danny has put in the chat box. So yes, uh, so that's another one coming in. Another millions of Arsenal podcasts on the airwaves. Please go give it a listen. But uh, I've got to say, not to the detriment of ABW. You're here first. Get in here first and then go and speak to those guys and listen to those guys. It's fine. Um, so who is ready with their shout? I'm going to go with Femi first because Carl's already said that he's got to find another one. I just had to go for the last person that <clears throat> followed me. Uh, it is at Rev B. That's at R E triple V B on Twitter. So shout out to him. Uh, you followed me. You can interact with me. That'll be good. But I'll give you a shout out for being the last person that followed me. <laughs> uh, Corey, do you have a shout out? Well, I've just looked on my Twitter thing and I see the name Nick Wilson. So what the heck? I'm going to give a shout out oh. to Nick. Oh, God. Yes. Oh, yeah. Good shout out for Nick as well, because I think Nick is, uh, yeah, he is yeah, he's currently enjoying the um, facilities hosted by LS Mel, shall we say. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Carl, for your shout out as well. Uh, I'm going for Kelly Mayer, uh, Kelly underscore M-A-H-E-R. Uh, good person to interact with, knows a lot about Arsenal, so follow Kelly Mayer. Excellent. Right. Uh, that is the end of the show. So thank you very much to my guests or fellow panelists, whatever we're now calling ourselves uh, in this new world. I was trying to find out what time we kick off against West Ham tomorrow uh, on Saturday. I think it's eight o'clock, isn't it? Eight, eight o'clock your time. Uh, yeah. So we will be doing noon. We will be doing a live show. I want to say 30 minutes after, but I might try and argue with Danny and say, if I'm doing it, we're going to go live straight after the game because I'll then want to go to bed. Oh, don't start uh, him off because you know what he's going to say. <clears throat> oh, no, he should be happy. One of us is available. That's what he's going to say. Oh, I'll have to <laughs> shut him down today. Fucking miserable <laughs> bastard. Yeah. Love you, Danny. Uh, love you. But yeah. Love you, Danny. Uh, we don't love you, Danny. But yeah, has anyone got any final words before we shut this down? Um, we're going to win the league. Nice. Shout out to our sister, the KSE team, Denver Nuggets, making the NBA finals. There you go. <laughs> They're going to lose to the Lakers anyway, so let's face it. <laughs> Stan Cronky. I think Josh is frozen. He is frozen. <laughs> oh, God. Danny, press the button if you can hear us. Press the button, Danny. It's all gone wrong. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog. <laughs>